Hey, what's up, y'all? Grace and peace to you. I hope all is well with you. It's uh, It's been a few weeks, man. It's been a busy couple weeks for me. I'm sorry I haven't uh, put out another podcast. I did put a little teaser out on Facebook, I think, uh, I don't know, about a week or so ago about uh, this Arise Shine message the Lord was was putting on my heart. So I hope y'all been well. And uh, also we put a little a little blast out on a Saturday morning. Tamara and I were out back having having some coffee and just felt led to, to just pray for y'all. So hope uh, hope you guys enjoyed that. And and again, we just want to thank you all for following along. And you know we we appreciate your prayers as as, as we're praying for you. And um, again, want to encourage you to uh, continue to follow along on www.livethelifeministry333.com where you can check out our podcasts and blogs and you know please you know leave us a message uh quick email let us know what's going on how we can pray for you there's also opportunities for some you know kingdom business consulting um counseling and also uh speaking engagements if you guys are so inclined uh, we would love to uh, to be a part of that with you guys. Amen. So today's message is called Arise, Shine. And on the heel of uh, our last message, and I believe our call for this year, uh, which I entitled, Now What? You know, God's still prompting us to arise and shine. You know, we are the light of the world through Christ in us, and we are all called to shine brightly. Amen. So the the now what message, you know, just a quick recap coming out of Christmas, you know, which is Jesus, who is the light and the light came into the world. Right. And uh, he came. There was a transition when he came. It was it was pivotal. Right. And then Jesus came and walked the earth and he was the light on this earth. And then, you know, he, he died on the cross and he was resurrected. Right. So the light came and the light lived and the light was resurrected. And then the Holy Spirit came back and lives inside of us, so the light now lives in us, right? So now we have the light. Now we're carriers of the light. Now we bring Jesus to the world, right? We partner with him, and we are the light. We're called to shine brightly. So with those things being said and us taking on that responsibility through our faith in the Lord, my question was, now what? Right? What are we going to do with that? So... Arise, shine, right? So these two words, these are action words, all right? So arise uh, comes from the Greek word kum, which means uh, order or to bring order to chaos, right? Which is what God did in, in the beginning in creation. It means to get up. It means to take a stand. And in Hebrew, it means zarak, which means is risen. It means to ascend, uh, to move to a higher level, to emerge, to leave our place of rest, Again, to get up, to begin, you know, to revive from death. It means to be known, to appear, to be stirred up, and to be put into motion. Wow. We are definitely being called to advance. Amen. Always being called to advance the kingdom of God. So arise. Shine. The word shine, the Greek word is lampsy. It means to be bright. Uh, by reflecting, right? And what is it that we're reflecting? We're reflecting God's glory. We were created for his glory. 
You know, we're to be reflectors of him. When people look at us, they should, they should see Jesus. We should be reflecting him well in compassion and love and humility and power, right? And, and power through the Holy Spirit that lives in us, right? And these are all God things. These aren't our things other than our yes. God moves through us, right? So we're called to shine. So lampsy means to, to be bright by reflecting. It means to be distinguished, right? Which means to be different. That's what a light is in a dark world. This world is darkness and we are the light in the world. We should be distinguished. We should be standing out. We should be standing out for the Lord. Amen. It also means to be clear and obvious and it means to make things shine, which to me means, you know, to sharing the gospel. That's what it means to make things shine. That's sharing the light, right? Sharing the light with others introducing others to the light of Christ uh, that they may become followers of Jesus Christ. They may become followers of the light and reflectors of the light and sharers of the light, right? Advancing the kingdom of God until his return. So in Isaiah 60, this is talking about the future glory uh, of Zion, right? It was written about uh, Yeshua HaMashiach, which means Jesus Christ, all right? Or could it have been written about Jesus Christ It is, is the question, right? So is this written about Zion or is this written about Jesus? Let me know what you think. Isaiah 60, verse 1, Arise with eagerness and great expectation. Shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord rises upon you that we would reflect his glory. For behold... If we do not arise and shine, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord will rise upon you, and his glory will appear over you. Nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Lift up your eyes and look around. They all gather and come to you. Your sons will come from afar, and your daughters will be carried on the arm. Then you will look radiant. Then you will look and be radiant, and your heart will tremble and swell with joy because the riches of the sea will be brought to you and the wealth of the nations will come to you. So again, this, this was believed to have been written to the Israelites, all right, to, to the Jews and the believers of God at that time. And this was in regard uh, to the coming Zion, the city of David, right? Or the star of Bethlehem, even. Okay, the new Jerusalem. And to us, it means the kingdom of heaven. And it means the Christian church, or perhaps... It may have been written about Jesus, right? So if this is about Jesus, it seems as though even he himself had to accept Jehovah's light, right? Just like we do. If this was written about him, that even he needed to accept the light, right? But the world, and sometimes us, we ignore the light. Perhaps because it's easier to stay in darkness than to have to do things that are harder to be a reflection of the light. Amen. Genesis 13, 14. Uh, this is about Abram. All right. So not only was the nation of Israel called to arise and shine. Uh, when we look back in Genesis, Abram was told to arise after he just separated himself from his nephew Lot and Abram went down into the land of Canaan. So Genesis 13, verse 14, And the Lord said unto Abram, 
after that lot was separated from him. Lift up now thine eyes and look from the place where thou art northward and southward and eastward and westward. For all the land which thou seest to thee I will give it and to thy seed forever. And I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth. So if man can number the dust of the earth, then shall thy seed also be numbered. Verse 17, Arise, walk through the land in the length of it and the breadth of it, for I will give it unto thee. Then Abram removed his tent and came and dwelt in the plain of Mamre, which is in Hebron, and built there an altar unto the Lord. So even Abram was called to arise and shine, right? The father of all nations. Arise, right? Get up, move in action. He was told to get up and to move, and Abram obeyed the Lord. He had obedience uh, to the Lord, just like God had called Israel uh, in sharing about the future glory in the city of David and the star of Bethlehem, right? He called Abram to do the same thing. In Deuteronomy 9, you know, this is Israel's uh, rebellions uh, renewed. You know, Israel had been rebelling against God and there was this renewal. And Moses was told to arise when the Israelites once again uh, decided to worship idols. And uh, in this case, when Moses was told to arise, it was his action actually saved his people. So just like we're called to arise and shine we save the people of this earth. You know what I mean? God's not casting people down into the pit of hell. This world is already going to hell, and God has given us a way out. God has given us a way out through His Son, Jesus Christ, man. This world, I've told you that before, it's a sinking ship and it's going down. All right? And there's another ship. It's the SS Savior. Its captain is Jesus you know what I mean? It, it looks the same in regard. I mean, it, you know, if, if y'all don't know the Lord, man, you know, and uh, there was a point in my life where, where I didn't know the Lord and I was afraid to give up my drinking and, uh, you know, whatever, just the fun I was having in life and the way I lived my life. I was afraid to give that up to follow the Lord because I felt, you know, that Christians were boring or Christianity was boring and I had to follow all these rules and it couldn't be more the opposite, man. It was like I was living my life in black and white and emptiness when I really thought I was having fun because I was separated from God. So there was no satisfaction. It was all temporal. And then it was filled with guilt and shame and, and damage and all kinds of things happened in that type of lifestyle. But as I chose to follow the Lord, you know what I mean? And it didn't happen right away for me. But I mean, after about a year or so, I mean, even six months into it, I was living my life. I was having fun. We were still, you know, going on vacations, going to Hawaii. You know what I mean? And I wasn't drinking. And I was having so much fun that people actually thought that I was drinking. They're like, man, you were the life of the party. You were so drunk last night. It's like, I didn't even drink, man. I don't drink. I haven't drank in eight months. You know, because I was so filled with the Holy Spirit and I love creation and I love being with my wife and I just enjoy being and just enjoy life, right? And through being obedient to the Lord, because the Bible, again, it's a rule book for living our best life here on earth, this short life that we have. It's not rules that hurt us. It's rules that bless us to protect us from the darkness of this world and to protect us from going to hell. That's what the Bible is. That's what it means to follow Jesus. I threw that in for free.
All right, so let's get back to Moses. So he was told to arise again when the Israelites once again decided to worship idols. And this one's kind of long. Bear with me. Let's see if I can get through this. See if you can get through it with me. So here, O Israel, you are to cross over the Jordan today and go into dispossessed nations greater and mightier than yourself, cities great and fortified up to heaven, a people great and tall, the descendants of Anakim, who you know and of whom you heard it said, who can stand before the descendants of Anak? Therefore, understand today that the Lord your God is he who goes over before you as a consuming fire. He will destroy them and bring them down before you, so you shall drive them out and destroy them quickly, as the Lord has said uh, for you to do. Do not think in your heart after the Lord your God has cast them out before you, saying, Because of my righteousness the Lord has brought me in to possess this land. But it is because of the wickedness of those nations that the Lord is driving them out from before you. It is not because of your righteousness or the uprightness of your heart that you go in to possess their land, but because of the wickedness of these nations that the Lord your God drives them out before you, that he may fulfill the word which the Lord swore to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Therefore understand that the, that the Lord your God is not giving you this good land to possess because of your righteousness, for you are a stiff-necked people. Wow. You know, so God made a promise to give this land to Israel. So even though Israel was stiff-necked, they weren't following the Lord. They weren't listening to the Lord. They didn't understand God's love. They kept worshiping idols. And even still, God gave them the land. But he made it very clear that it wasn't on their own accord, right? Verse 7, remember, do not forget how you provoked the Lord, your God, to wrath in the wilderness. From the day you departed from the land of Egypt until you came to this place, you have been rebellious against the Lord. Also in Horeb, you provoked the Lord to wrath so that the Lord was angry enough with you to have destroyed you. When I went up into the mountain to receive the tablets of stone, the tablets of the covenant which the Lord made for you. Then I stayed on the mountain 40 days and 40 nights. I neither ate bread nor drank water. Then the Lord delivered me two tablets of stone written with the finger of God, and on them were all the words which the Lord had spoken to you on the mountain from the midst of the fire in the day of the assembly. And it came to pass at the end of 40 days and 40 nights that the Lord gave me the two tablets of stone, the tablets of the covenant. Then the Lord said to me, Arise, there it is. So the Lord said to Moses, Arise, go down quickly from here, for your people whom you brought out of Egypt have acted corruptly, for they have quickly turned aside from the way which I commanded them. They have made themselves a molded image. Furthermore, the Lord spoke to me, saying, I have seen this people, and indeed they are a stiff-necked people. Let me alone that I may destroy them and just blot out their name from under heaven. I will make you a nation mightier and greater than they. Wow. So here we go again, man. Messing with the Lord. So I turned and came down from the mountain, and the mountain burned with fire, and the two tablets of the covenant were in my two hands. And I looked, and behold, you had sinned against the Lord your God and had made yourselves a molded calf. You had turned aside quickly from the way which the Lord commanded you. Then I took the two tablets and I threw them out of my two hands and broke them before your eyes. And I fell down before the Lord as at the first, forty days and forty nights. I neither ate 
uh, bread nor drank water because of all of your sin, which you committed in doing wickedly in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger. For I was afraid of the anger and the hot displeasure, which with the Lord was angry with you to destroy you. But the Lord listened to me at that time also. The Lord listened to me at that time also, and the Lord was very angry with Aaron and would have destroyed him. So I prayed for Aaron also at the same time. Then I took your sin, the calf which you had made, and I burned it with fire and crushed it in the ground and ground it very small until it was fine as dust, and I threw its dust into the brook that descended from the mountain. Wow. Wow. Okay. Hopefully you guys are tracking with this story, man. This is crazy. So, I mean, summing it up. So the Lord, you know, delivered Israel from Egypt. They started to worship idols again. You know, Moses, they, they believed in Moses. They believed Moses, you know, was, was hearing from the Lord. They were following the Lord. Moses went up on the mountain. He was taking too long. So they started partying and they made a golden calf within those 40 days. And, the, and God was going to strike him down, but Moses came down. He was told to arise and go talk to the people again. And he went down and he interceded for his people. And, uh, and the Lord held back his wrath. I'm going to go ahead and finish this. So uh, verse 22, also at Teberah and Massah and Kibroth, Hatava, you provoked the Lord to wrath. Likewise, when the Lord sent you from Kadesh, Barnea, saying, go up and possess the land which I have given you. Then you rebelled against the commandment of the Lord, and you did not believe him nor obey his voice. You have been rebellious against the Lord from the day that I knew you. Thus I prostrated myself before the Lord. That means he got down on his face before the Lord. Forty days and forty nights I kept prostrating myself because the Lord had said he would destroy you. So on behalf of the people, Moses laid on his face for forty days and forty nights before the Lord. On behalf of the people, therefore, I prayed to the Lord and said, "O oh Lord God, do not destroy your people and your inheritance whom you have redeemed through your greatness, whom you have brought out of Egypt with a mighty hand. Remember your servants, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Do not look on the stubbornness of this people or on their wickedness of their sin, lest the land from which you brought us should say, because the Lord was not able to bring them to the land which he promised them, and because he hated them. He has brought them out to kill them in the wilderness. Yet they are your people and they are your inheritance whom you brought out by your mighty power in your outstretched arm. And the Lord did not wipe out the people, man. Now they continued to sin and there were some things that happened because of their sin. You know, we, I think we talked about that in our, in our last message. Sexual immorality is a big one. Um, where people just went down, grumbling and complaining, you know, worshiping idols, number one thing you don't do. You know, I mean, so because Moses heard that command arise, he, he, he went into action on behalf of the people and saved the people. And now after Moses died, the mantle was passed to Joshua. So here we read in Joshua uh, 1 verse 2. This was God's commission to Joshua. After the death of Moses, a servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise. There it is again. Arise, right? Action word. Go over this Jordan and you and all this people to the land which I am giving them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses, from the wilderness 
and this Lebanon as far as the great river, the river Euphrates and the land of the Hittites and to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you in all the days of your life as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn to it from the, to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you... Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Man, so good. That's so good. So, I mean, Moses, you know, the Israelites wandered for 40 years, right, in the desert. I think I learned it was like an 11-day journey, and it took them 40 years because they grumbled and complained, and they wanted to choose the familiar over freedom. They were now set free, like we're free in Christ, but yet we want to go back to our little familiar, little temporary satisfaction that makes us feel good for a minute, you know, and all of that. That's They wanted to go back to Egypt where they were beaten all the time and they had to work 23 hours a day, but that, that's where they wanted to go and they grumbled and complained. So this journey took 40 years and they never made it into the promised land. And then here we hear Moses died and the very next day, Joshua, boom, crossed the Jordan. All right? When the Lord told him to arise. You guys tracking with me? Hopefully you're tracking with me. A lot of scripture today. Hopefully you all are getting the, getting the gist of this, man. The same word was also in Samuel. Samuel 9 and Samuel 16. Uh, it was used leading up to the coronations of Saul and David is kings. Also, it was used in God's call to Jonah um, in Nineveh. They, they were called to arise. Same thing, man. It's a call to action. So upon reviewing how God applied this word, arise, it seems as though it is a command to believers rather than just a star, don't you think? So that first Isaiah 60 I don't believe it was about a star, the Bethlehem star. I don't believe it was about Jesus. I believe it, it was a call to God's people, right? To believers um, to arise. So we are called to arise and we are called to shine brightly. God wants us to get up from our complacence and he wants us to go and do something. He wants us to make a stand for the kingdom and make it known. The same word is used in Genesis to describe God bringing light into a dark world. And here he is again describing that same thing to us. We are his light in this dark world. Arise, shine. Amen. So some closing statements. These are some things that God put on my, my heart in the last message. That you know We're to be sensitive and obedient to God's voice and God's word. This is going to help us in this arise, shine, in this action, as we're sensitive and obedient 
uh, to God when we wake up and we ask him, Lord, what do you want to do today? Where are you going to lead me today? Who do you want me to pray for today? When we invite him into our day and we're sensitive and obedient to the Holy Spirit, that's, this is how we arise and this is how we shine for the kingdom of God. You know, we're to align with God's end time plans. Just like the prayers of Noah, we need to stand out, right? That was to be distinguished. Uh, to shine, in Greek, it means to be distinguished, to be separate, right? So we may not fit in to the crowd. You may lose a lot of friends, but they're worldly friends who don't want to follow Jesus. You know, that's a dangerous place to be, man. I think I said last week that if you're not trying to lead people to heaven, are you even going there yourself? Ouch. You know, we're all called to make disciples of all nations. And if you love people and you love your loved ones, you want them to be with you in heaven forever. If you don't believe in heaven, then why are you even following the Lord, man? This is the real deal. It's not some fluke, some fantasy, man. This is the real deal. Salvation, right? That's why God sent Jesus to reconcile us to his father so that we could have access to him and live together forever in heaven. And that's what we should want for everybody that we meet. So again, there's a great shaking that's going to lead to the return of Jesus. God will shake all things and the sons and daughters of righteousness righteousness will be revealed. I pray that's you. I pray that's me. I pray our lamps are full and that we're found ready when the Lord returns. When we empty ourselves of ourselves, right? Less of us, more of him. John 3.30, we decrease He must increase in us, right? He is greater than I. So let us remove our selfish views in 2022 because it's our desires that create conflict. It's our selfish, prideful desires and views that we try to get across that really mean, I say this lightly because things do matter, right? But for the most part, I mean, I can sift through a lot of the things that my wife and I argue about and, and... to be honest, they really don't matter, man. Yet, yet you argue. To, you know what I mean? Or I do. You know, and again, I shared that in that last message. So my desires, my selfish desires to want to be right or get my point across or whatever the case may be. Let us remove our selfish views in 2022. So, and let us devote ourselves to humility, right? Because we are what we are by the grace of God not by our own righteousness, not by anything, but by faith and being born again through Jesus Christ. Amen. So I charge you all to arise and shine. Get out there and arise and shine for the kingdom of God, advancing the kingdom with compassion, humility, love, and power, just like Jesus did it. Amen. God bless you guys.